Well, my name is Minister Joseph LeMay. I'm a part of Heritage of Faith family. Hallelujah. And I just want to thank you all for allowing me to minister tonight. And Father, I just thank you in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, as, as the words of Jesus are being presented tonight, I just thank you, Holy Spirit, you begin to speak to them. You begin to unlock mysteries of heaven. You begin to just open up the kingdom of heaven. And as you begin to open up the kingdom of heaven, it's going to be your words that they hear. And I thank you, Father, as they begin to hear your words, they begin to take note. And as they begin to form the visions that you're giving them, they begin to see and they begin to understand. And I just thank you for that, Father, in the name of Jesus. Because of the entrance of your word, it brings light, it brings knowledge, it brings revelation. And I just thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. We receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We've been studying exceeding uh, great faith, uh, this series that we've been doing. And um, you're going to hear some familiar scriptures. You're going to be hearing over and over again that the just shall live by faith. Hallelujah. What? First John 5, 4, right? Those that are born of God, they are the ones that overcome the world. We are overcomers of the world, right? And this is what overcomes the world, our faith. I mean, God, think about it. God doesn't ask you to live some way he doesn't. And I always like to say that, too. Uh, when, I, when I minister to guys in the prison, I was like, it's not God living up there laughing at us, watching us stumble and fall. He's expecting us to live just like he is. And that just excites me. But what I'd like to, one of the things the Holy Spirit was talking to me about was faith, and when you study metals, and you study tensile strength, and you study compression, and you study basically what winds up being shear on metal, because as you begin to heat metal, as you begin to temper metal, as you begin to cool it, it gives properties to the metal, the, the crystalline structures on the inside of it. What happens is, it, is it, it can become bendable, like a plastic type of bending on it, and it has strength on it. And it always has a brittle point, a, you know, a breaking point. Now, faith and patience is what overcomes the world, right? And basically, the enemy is going to try to see, where, where is your tinsel strength, right? Where is that strength you have, right? And so he's going to test your metal. He's going to see if, if your metal's for real or not, right? But I'm telling you what, when you spend presence, when you spend time in the presence of the Lord, and, and the Word of God I read one time in, in Proverbs, if what, purified seven times, like, like silver in a furnace, purified seven times over? And so I began to meditate on that. And I just took that, and I just began to just praise the Lord of that. Man, Lord, your word is so pure. It purifies me. It, it's purified seven times. So if I get that word on the inside of my spirit, and I begin to speak it. And I just begin to just fall in love with that word. And I just begin to go over that word and over that word and over that word. And I see myself doing that word. And I see myself doing that word. And I see that word. And I just, I just picture a vision of it just going on the inside of me. And as I speak it, it just gets stronger. And it gets stronger and it's stronger. And that purification process just gets stronger and stronger. And the next thing you know, you're on fire with that scripture. And something happens. And i got to tell you something. When we've been doing praise, man, I've been feeling my roots. I mean, you know, because to flourish means you're thriving, you're increasing, you're growing, you're expanding, you're enlarging, you're abounding, you're prosperous, right? You have steady upward progress. And you're spreading out. Your roots are spreading. And you can just sense it. You can just feel those roots just digging. You can feel those little feelers going down in there and just digging in there, you know? And what happens to a tree when it grows and it starts digging those roots down? Ooh, it gets big. It starts to produce that fruit that it's in. So we're going to be talking about faith tonight. Faith works. First of all, 
if you don't understand God's will, right? Faith begins where the will of God is known, right? I mean, that is just one of the biggest things we learn in the circle of faith. It's, it's where the will of God is known. And if you don't know the will of God in a particular area, you're going to have a hard time trusting it. And uh, we know that faith works by love. That time you spend with the Lord, that time you spend with him, man, just communing with him. I'm telling you, this is, listen, this is just as much a revelation of God standing right in front of you and speaking to you. This is just in a two-dimensional form. This is logos, right? But when you take it and you begin to put that in on the inside of you and you get it before your eyes and you get it in your ears by speaking it, this word is designed to go from logos to rhema. And what it does on the inside of your spirit is, is this like feeding an engine, man? It just fuels that engine, man. It just powers that engine up. I'm telling you, this, this book is designed. Glory be to God. I mean, when you start real unlocking this, I had a vision one time. I was going over this with the Lord about the Word of God and about meditating on it. And I had a dream one night. And I, one morning as I was getting ready to get up, and um, I had been meditating the Word. And I had this book in front of me. It had all these little symbols on it. And as I looked at those symbols, all of a sudden as I began to peer at them and stare at them, all of a sudden they became like three-dimensional. They just started popping off the page. And I took my fingers... And I stuck them inside that book, and then I turned it, and it unlocked something, and I woke up. So I'm like, when you have something like that, you're like, Holy Spirit, what is that all about? says, so well, you've been studying about meditation. You've been wanting to learn about my word. And he said, that's what happens when you get into the word of God. It begins to unlock. It begins to open up. You begin to see it and move it and use it. I'm telling you, you get so excited about it, you just don't want to put this book down. But let's go to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. And we're going to go to verse 19. I'm going to be reading in the King James Version, Romans chapter 4. We're going to go over one of our key scriptures. Okay. Romans chapter 4, verse 19. He's talking about our great-grandpa, Grandpa Abraham. He's our great-grandpa. I call him great-grandpa. You know, and um, talks about him. And in verse 19 it says, he, you know, Abraham, being not weak in faith. So that tells you right there your faith can be strengthened. Okay? That, that keys you in on something right there. So he's not weak in faith. He considered, now there's the choice that we've been talking about. And Pastor Justin has been going over that. Faith is a decision, right? It doesn't go by, thank God it don't go by feelings. Hallelujah. Because that would lose me and behalf of everybody else in here. You just don't go by feelings, right? So he didn't consider his own body now dead. Now, that's a powerful statement. Instead, he begins to focus. That's what Pastor Cassie was singing and what she was saying up there, focusing. He began to focus, even though he was about 100 years old and neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. So he didn't focus on that, right? What did he focus? Instead, he staggered not at the promise. Okay, stagger. What's that mean? To waver, right? Be double-minded, to be weary, giving up. You know, like, like that tensile strength on that metal, when it begins to pull, it gets very brittle, okay? He had some good metal. He had good metal, okay? He had tempered that metal. And he didn't have a time standard. Now, I thought that was interesting. A lot of people try to put time standards, okay? But he didn't stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. But he was strong in faith by giving glory to God, Right? Because he was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Thank you so much for that, Avraham. Thank you so much for doing that. 
And what I'd like to do is I'd just like to share a little testimony with you because we're talking about faith. So in October of 2013, right, Dr. Sobel gives a word just like he does every October, you know, every quarter, you know, every time we go into a new fiscal year, he always gives us a new word from the Lord for this body, right? So I took that, and this was going to be for the year 2014. So I took all that, and I did what I was instructed to do. Take that word, take that vision. It's going to be the year of the greater, right? So I wrote that down. And then so I went home, and I went over that prophecy that the Lord had given them. And I just went over it, and over it, and over it, and over it. And I spent like two or three days just locked up, just shut up in my own house, and I would take, I took a pad and paper, and I just wrote down what the Holy Spirit wanted me to do with that vision. Where do I fit in that vision? Where do I fit in Abraham's vision? Because the Lord showed him all those stars. We're in that vision. We're part of that vision, right? So I took it, and I wrote it down. And the Lord gave me these words. And so I wrote them down on here. Now, the neat thing about Avraham was, is the Lord changed his name from Avram to Avraham, right? So every time someone came up to him and said, Avraham, what he's thinking is, is that vision, right? He's thinking, oh, father of many nations, right? Hey, father of many nations. How's it going, father of many nations? I mean, literally, I mean, that's what happens. So every time you said his name. So I put my name on there, Joseph, right? And I just love sharing this. So every time you say my name, this vision that I had with the Holy Spirit written down on it, that's what comes to me. I think of it every time. There's not a day that goes by that I don't think of this vision because somebody's going to say my name every day, and I think about that, right? And then I put a scripture on there that, that just reminded me of it, and I just kind of confess it every day. Well, on the back of it, I wrote what I would like to see, right? Because that's what he said, right? You know, he usually asks us to write three things down. I wrote, I usually write more, but I wrote them down. Now, what's interesting is I believed I received. I believed I received when I got it. It doesn't care what the situation looks like. I just believed I received. And, you know, not, none of these all came to pass in that year, okay? But they're coming to pass now, okay? And I want to tell you something. Why? Because I didn't give up on the vision. I take it. In fact, I read it so much it wore down I had to tape it. That's why it's so glaring. I had to tape the thing up. I never gave up on this vision, right? I was fully persuaded. On that vision. And that's why I get excited because the Lord gave Dr. Savell a vision for us. We are flourishing. We are prosperous. I'm, this is no joke. He said in that, uh, that word that we we're going to go to a new level. So we need to be focused. And that's going to be a theme you're going to be hearing. Focused. Okay. A quality decision. What is a quality decision? Right? That's what faith does. It's a quality decision. And, you know, being a military guy, you either hold this ground or you don't come back alive. I mean, that's a quality decision. You're going to do this mission, and you ain't coming back without a victory. If you don't have a victory, you ain't coming back. So you're either going to hold this ground or you're not coming back alive. A quality decision. You just draw a line and say, I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm going to trust his word. Now, am I going to make some mistakes? Probably. But particularly when you're first starting out in faith, right? There's going to be a few times you're going to miss it. Yeah, but I don't blame God about it. And what I'd like to do is I'd like to share a testimony with you. Um, I had started learning about faith when I first went into the military. So I'm going to give this a go, right? I want to go to Montana, right? There's three places you can go in the field I was in. It was either Montana, North Dakota, or Wyoming. And so I wanted to go to Montana. So I believed God I was going to go to Montana. So I stood in faith for it. And I put in Psalms 37.4. I found my scripture, you know, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the, the desires of your heart, right? So I stood on that scripture. And about a month before I was supposed to report, I get my orders, and I'm supposed to go to Minot. I'm supposed to go to North Dakota. 
Now, I have nothing against North Dakota. It's a beautiful state. I've been to South Dakota. I've been to the Black Hills. It's a beautiful country up there, you know. And, um, but I just sensed I wanted to go to Montana. Well, now I get these orders, and it says, you are going to North Dakota. Now, I have a decision to make right then and there. I can get mad at God and say this faith stuff doesn't work, just like what Jesus was talking about in Mark chapter 4. Get offended at the word, don't have any roots in it, and just chuck it and say, ah, that stuff don't work. Or you can just be thankful. So I just said, Lord, I, I, I know this. You have a will and a call for my life. So if it's North Dakota you want me to go to, I'll go there. Well, I, a month later, I get to North Dakota. The commander comes out, and he says, who here is all going to Minot, North Dakota? Well, there's eight of us, and we raise our hand. He says, well, admin made a mistake. They're sending too many people to North Dakota. We need to send more people over to Montana. So how many people here would rather be in Montana? Well, everybody raises their hand, right? And um, so I was one of them, and everybody's running up, getting in that commander's ear, trying, I want to go, I want to go. You know, he says, all right, all right, all right. He says, tell you what, I'll come back tomorrow, and I'll have an answer. So he comes back the next day, and he says, who here hasn't sent their furniture? Now, we were playing apples to apples. You were talking about moving furniture is not being planned. I didn't have my furniture and, and all my stuff sent yet, right? I thought about that last night when you, when you had said that. And um, he said this. He said, who here hasn't sent their furniture yet? And only three of us raised our hand. You three are going to Montana. Now, you see how the Lord did that? Now, I just didn't get upset. Okay, I just, thank you, Lord, <clears throat> you know, and he still made the way for me to go to Montana. I mean, I mean, and so I started picking up on this. It's like, hey, you know, if I just let the Lord work in this, it'll go. He'll do this. So um, quit is not an option in the family of faith. It's just not an option. It's, as a Christian, you are called to live a lifestyle of faith. It's just how God lives. I mean, it pleases him. I mean, it's just how he lives. So if we go to 2 Thessalonians, and we go to chapter 1, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, and I'll be reading out of the King James Version, and then I'll talk a little bit about the Young's translation. It says, we are bound, in verse 3, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is me, or able, because that your faith groweth exceedingly. So there it is, your faith can grow. Okay, And the charity of every one of you toward each other aboundeth. And then, of course, in the Young's literal translation, it just basically says, because increase greatly doth your faith. So faith can increase. Now, I get excited when I hear that because that tells me the ball's in my court. I, I have a choice to make, right? I, I mean, I, think about that. You would expect a change, right? You would expect a change to happen, right? Because God is giving us his word He's given us the starter faith, right? And so he expects a change in our lifestyle, right? So you're expecting to go from faith to faith, okay? So Pastor Justin was talking about George Mueller, uh, you know, at the turn of the 1800s into the 1900s, how he had that orphanage. And how he started with just 10 pounds, and by the end of his time on earth, he was over millions of pounds. Of course, they go by pounds in England. And uh, he just basically started living by faith and, and understood how to live by faith. And it just touched me to listen about that. You have a choice to make on this. Again, I'm going to say that again. You have a choice. So let's go to Romans 12, chapter 3. Romans 12, chapter 3. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you, God, for your word, because... 
man, my faith just grows by it. Okay. Romans 12, chapter 3. For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So if you've got starter faith, what do you do if you got seed-like faith, like a mustard seed? What do you do with it? You plant it, right? And you let it go. And Jesus was talking about that in one of his parables where he, he compared faith, he said, you know, to a servant working in a field. You let faith do its work. I mean, let that thing work for you. Let it serve you, okay? Of course, then at the end of it, you say, thank you, Lord. You know, I was a servant for you. I just use it. You know, and I let your faith work and it grew for me. But he said, if you had faith like a mustard seed, you would look at that sycamine tree, okay? That thing's like a mulberry tree. And I've seen pictures of those things. Those roots and those mulberry trees, those sycamine trees, those things are huge, man, just huge. He said, you would command it to leave and it would obey you. So you have the starter faith. You just need the planet. You just need the planet. Now, when you got born again, what happened? What happened when you got born again? Right? Faith came by hearing, right? Somebody preached the the word of Jesus to you. Faith came. You heard it. It came. You received it. Okay? And because you received it, that incorruptible word got planted on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit moved, and you got born again. That's how faith works. You receive it. So, Connor, I'm just going to grab this in. I got a little Nerf football here. So if I just throw it. Now, what did he just do? He, he grabbed it. He caught it, right? Faith came, and he caught it, right? Now, what do you think the devil's going to try to do? Mark chapter 4. What's he going to try to do when that word's sown in your heart? He's going to try to get you to fumble that. He's going to try to get you not to believe on that, right? And I mean, can you, can you see how that operates? Can you see how that works? Okay. So just speaking the words of Jesus, just speaking those words, just starts to increase your faith. So we should be increasing in faith. God's words are creative. They're powerful, Okay. And uh, I thought of glue mixtures when I was doing, I was trying to glue something. It was metal. So I had some metal epoxy and I had some black color epoxy and some white color epoxy. And you got to mix the two together. If you don't, it don't work, right? So if you mix your faith with the word of God, you'll get that adhesiveness and it'll stick, okay? So let's see. Mark chapter 4, verse 4. 14. Mark chapter 4, verse 14. Hallelujah. 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 I'll just throw that over there. All right. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All right. Mark chapter 4, verse 14. I'm going to read out of the King James Version. We know that the sower sows the word, and these are they that are sown by the wayside. The word gets sown in their heart, but who comes to steal? The devil. He's going to come meet it. He's going to test your tensile strength. He's going to do compression strengths. Okay? He's going to see if you're for real or not. He's going to test you to see if you're for real. Okay? Are you really serious about standing on the word? Are you really serious about this? He'll test it to see if you're for real or not. Okay? Sown in your heart. And they are likewise which are sown on stony ground, right? And we talked about that. They hear the word, but they get offended. You know, they receive it with joy, right? But they don't get any root in themselves in verse 17. And so they endure for a time. But when affliction comes and persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they get offended. And uh, if you go down to verse 18, it says, These are they which are sown among thorns. 
such as they hear the word in verse 19, the cares of the world, the anxieties of the world, the fears, the pressure, the anxieties of the world, right? What do they do? They come in and what do they do to the word? They choke it, right? And so as a result, what happens? It becomes unfruitful, right? Okay. And so what I'd like to do is, is talk a little bit about fear, okay? The things that you're caring about are the things that are going to basically control your thoughts. And we're, thinking, we're talking about vision here, okay? And we're talking about faith here. So I want you to go to Matthew chapter 6 with me. And what we're going to do is we're going to dive into these scriptures, and I'm going to slow down as we go. And we're going to go slow through the scriptures. And we're going to let the Holy Spirit and the Word of God just sink into you like a sponge and just let you absorb it. Okay? So we're going to go to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 22. Jesus is speaking, and he says in verse 22 that the light of the body is the eye. We're talking about spiritual things here, okay? The light, the revelation of your body, the revelation of how you're going to move, the revelation of your faith, okay? Think about it. It's your focus. What are you focused on? And man, I really loved it when Pastor Justin said, don't you see yourself as Jesus in the scriptures when you do that? I mean, because when I meditate on the Word of God, that's what I, I look I make it a movie. That's what I'll do. I'll go to bed at night, and I'll just think about it. I was just reading about Ezekiel the other day, and then I was reading about how Elijah went and stood before the king and said it wasn't going to rain for, you know, until I say it's going to rain. And uh, so what I'll do is I'll just make a movie of it in my mind, and I'll just go over it, and I'll see myself in every position. So I see Jesus here talking, and... Um, the light of the body is the eye, the focus. If therefore your eye, let me turn the page here, is single, your whole body shall be full of light. Okay, now just let that sink in. What are you focusing on? What are you seeing? What are you focusing on? Okay, are you focusing on that promise? Are you focusing on that word? Okay. What are you looking at? Where are your eyes looked at? What are you glued on? Where's your focus? But if your eye be evil, your whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in that be darkness, how great is that darkness? Think about it. Little leaven, what does it do to the lump? It ruins it, right? This is what Jesus was talking just a little bit. And I was reading in Proverbs, it says, I went by the field of a slothful man. I went by this field, he said, and I looked at it, and the fence was all tore down, okay? He said there were holes in that fence. There was just all kinds of weeds and thorns just growing in that field. And he said, and I learned. I considered. He said, just a little. Just a little sleep. Just a little slumber. Right? And what does the enemy do? He'll take advantage of it. Just a little, you know, you just take your eyes off just for a little bit. Right? What's the enemy going to try to do? Ah, he's going to try to take advantage of that. (laughs) All right, Holy Spirit, I'll share it. This is kind of a little funny. Okay, I was going over this one time, and I was meditating on it. So, okay, you know, the Lord talks to you, right? And sometimes you'll get the visual, right? TV, it's a sound wave, right? You get sound in, you get a signal, right? Well, it seems like the signal of the the vision catches up to me later. You know, and I was going over this verse with the Lord, and I was, this was a few years back, and I had this dream, and I could see myself standing there, okay? And there's this little monkey standing beside me. And I said, no, this is weird. And all of a sudden, I saw myself say something that was contrary to the Word of God. Okay? And all of a sudden, this little monkey that was just sitting there almost half asleep woke up. 
And he starts going, hoo, hoo. And he starts jumping up and down going, hoo, hoo. Right? And the next thing I know, I say something else again. And now there's another little monkey next to him. And he's going, hoo, hoo. And the next thing I know, there's, there's like 20 little monkeys all around me just jumping up and down going, hoo, 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 hoo. Now, I, of course, I wake up from that dream and I say, Lord, what in the world was that? Right? And, and I had been going over this vision, this, these words in here. And he said, you know, he said, when you begin to get distracted, you know, what comes out of you, right? The enemy hears that. You may not understand that. You may not, oh, I just don't want to agree with that. Well, hey, that's how heaven operates. That's how the earth operates. That's how God put it into motion. What you say is what you're going to get, okay? So he was showing me that if my vision stays focused on him and I'm speaking the words that he says to speak, right? The enemy doesn't have anything to, to go off of. Now, he might try to pressure you, right? But man, those little monkeys didn't start jumping up and down and screaming. And, and, and he started calling all his buddies, which was more distractions. Come on, get, get, get more monkeys on my back that get that pressure heavy, that compression heavier. So that sooner or later, I'm going to fall. I'm going to lose that football, right? I'm going to fumble that. So this is really important. So he says, no man can serve two masters in verse 24. He's either going to hate the one or he's going to love the other. Or else he's going to hold on to the one. He's going to despise the other. You can't be double-minded, right? Now listen to this. You cannot serve God and mammon. And I'm going to say this because the Holy Spirit told me to do this. There are some of you out there that think that God says you can't have things. And that's not what that says right there. He, said, he didn't say you couldn't have mammon. He said you can't serve mammon. So in the name of Jesus, don't ever say you can't have things because you'll be blaspheming the Holy Spirit. And I want you to know that right now because the Holy Spirit was very, very strong with me to say that and told me to point to the camera and say that. God did not say you could not have mammon. He said you can't serve it. And I want you to remember that, okay? If you trust in the Lord, He'll begin to give you things because He'll use you as a conduit, as a blessing, okay? But you can't serve two masters. You're either going to stay focused on the one thing or you're going to stay focused on the other. There is no middle of the room, right? You... It's just how it operates. It's just how it works. Now, now, here's a command, right? Every time. First thing I did when I started meditating on the Word of God is everywhere Jesus said, therefore I say unto you, but I say unto you. I went and took a yellow highlighter. That's first, one of the first things I ever started yellow highlighting. This is my commander, and he's given me an order. So I went through in, in Matthew 6, 7, and 8, and everywhere in the Bible, everywhere Jesus said, Thus saith the Lord, or everywhere he said, you know, I am the Lord, especially in the Old Testament. These are commandments from our commander-in-chief. Therefore I say unto you, take no thoughts for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor for your body, what you shall put on. Is not life, and that word is zoe, and we've been singing about that. That's zoe life. Is not the zoe life more than the meat, right? And the body than the raiment? Behold the fowls of the air. For they don't know how to sow. They don't even know how to reap. They don't even know how to gather in the barns. Yet the Lord feeds them, right? The Heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more better than the birds? And I heard Keith Moore say this one time. I thought it was so funny. He said he saw all these blackbirds out there calling. He says, what are they calling at? They're laughing. What are they doing? They're laughing at me. He said, they're laughing at me. They're saying, look at that guy down there. He's working to get his food. He's working to get his living. We just sit up here. Lord supplies our needs. We just go around and just get the food as we want. Look at that down there. That guy's doing it. I just thought that was cute when I heard him say that. So which of you, by taking thought, by taking thought, by taking that care, by taking that anxiety, which of you, by taking that thought, can add one cubic unto his stature? 
you can fuss, you can argue, you can strive, you can plan, and it just ain't going to change the situation, is it? And the Holy Spirit said this to me one time, because, when when you, you know, sometimes you just, the flesh just wanted to take over. So I just wanted to whine in front of God, right? I just wanted to whine about something, right? And just, oh, Lord, you know, they said this, this was going on. They don't even know the truth about the whole thing. And all this is going on, you know, and you, and you just get into that. And um, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit said this to me. Why do you want to be like a pig waddling in the mud? Because that's what you're doing. That's what you look like to me, like a pig just out there waddling in the mud. Get out of the mud. It's faith that pleases God. So why take thought fussing, right? Why are you fussing? You ain't going to change one bit of the situation, okay? And why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't toil, neither do they spin. And, man, I read that one time about the Royal Academy in England. Those guys, these guys studied botany, and they said, you go out into a field, there's over 100 different some kind of flowering plants that are out there and all the different hundreds of thousands of flowering plants that are out there. And I sat out one day, one Sunday morning before I came to service. I just sat out. The sprinkler had gone off, so every blade of grass had a drop of water on it, and I just counted every one of those drops as, as much as I could. There must have been a million of them out there. If God can close, can cl- close, clothe the field, just think yeah. what he can do for you and I, you know? I mean, the, the, brain, the brain is so limited, you know. It doesn't understand. I have to talk. Have you done this? I, had to talk, I have to talk to my mind sometimes. Like, mind, you just don't have a clue. You have no idea about what this is. Just shut up. I've had to, man, I've had to tell my brain to shut up. I've had to tell my body to shut up. It's like, dude, I got it. You don't have to say anymore. I'm the one in control. Shut up, you know. It's like you don't understand it. The Bible says he gives us promises exceedingly abundantly above all I can ask or think. So quit trying to figure this out, brain, because it ain't up there, right? It's down in here. It's in the Word. We've got to train ourselves, you know. It's like, um, <clears throat> it says, I say unto you that even Solomon, that snazzy dresser that he was, in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. And he talks about how he closes the grass of the field. You know, tomorrow it's cast in the oven. How much more will he do for us? And then he uses the word little faith. So what did I do? I associated little faith with worrying thoughts, right? Because that's what he's talking about. And we talked about Mark chapter 4, how the word gets choked, right? The cares of the world comes in. And it literally does, and it chokes you. Anxiety will do that. And if you're in a pressure situation, what's the first thing that usually tries to happen to the body? Heartbeat starts pumping fast, right? And then it just begins to, you just... It just begins to choke you. And you can't think because that anxiety is so strong on you and that pressure is so strong. So the first thing you got to do is tell it to shut up, right? That's, that's literally what you got to do, right? Shut up. You know, just sit back and take a breather. Now, he says something interesting in verse 31. He says, therefore, take no thought saying. So I know we serve our thoughts. And there's that word speaking again. There's that word saying again. Very powerful here. You take thoughts by saying them, don't you? And I've thought about this. You know, a bad thought would come, and I just wouldn't say anything. And then it would come again, and I just wouldn't say anything. you got to speak to the thing. The only way to cast it down is you got to speak to it and pull it off its high horse. And get it off there. Get it off that horse, right? Knock him off that horse. Get him off there. And then he said, this is how the Gentiles live, right? That's how they live. You know, don't think about how we should eat, how we should drink, how we should be clothed. For after all these things the Gentiles seek. Right? But your father knows you have need of all these things. <laughs> I was at a church one time. We were in Cape Cod. And I had a need from the Lord. 
I, you know, three ways the Holy Spirit leads you, right? The inward witness, the still small voice, and then the authoritative voice. I got an authoritative voice that day. I came walking up, you know, the, the, the pastor had called everybody up to come forward. And so I came up, and I was going to, basically going to be a wine session to the Lord. And I came up to, to put up my hands and start to, and the Holy Spirit said this to me, authoritative voice. I thought someone said it right next to me. He said, I already know what you want before you even open your mouth. And I just turned around and went right back down. <laughs> And just sat down, and I said, Lord, I missed it. You know, it's just like, you know, Coach Pastor asked you, what was that all about? I said, the Lord told me he already knew what I wanted in my heart. There was no sense for me to go up there and say it. You know, I'm, obviously, I'm supposed to walk by faith on this. Sometimes, sometimes the Lord has fun teaching you, you know. You just have fun doing it. But, um, hallelujah, so where do you want to go with this Holy Spirit? Okay, let's go to uh, John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verse 1. Thanks for listening tonight, folks. This is teaching tonight, but uh, I'm going to share with you how the Holy Spirit taught me. John chapter 14, verse 1. We've heard this before because we did a series about not taking care, right? I don't care, right? And so you notice how this just is caring has a lot to do with faith, doesn't it? John 14, verse 1. Uh Uh-oh, there's that yellow highlighter from Jesus. There's that commandment. Let not your heart be troubled. Don't let it be pressed. Don't let it be anxious, right? That word trouble, um, almost the same word that the Lord uses for the little path you're supposed to walk is straight and narrow, pressed, okay? I want you to think of compression. Compression trying to come on you to get you to break your tensile strength to try to get that metal to break. Don't be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And then you go to verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, Give I unto you. There it is. Don't let your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Okay. Matthew chapter 14, verse 23. Matthew chapter 14, verse 23. You're doing good tonight, folks. You're doing good. You're doing really good. We're getting some good word tonight. And... um, Verse 23, Matthew chapter 14, verse 23. And when he had sent the disciples, the mul- I mean, a multitude away, he went up into the mountain apart to pray. And when the evening had come, he, Jesus, was there alone. But the ship, which was now in the midst of the sea, being tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary. Verse 25, and in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. Verse 26, and when the disciples saw him, Jesus must have been glowing. Ah. Think about that. They're in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. Okay, they, they probably, maybe one lantern, right? It's dark. It's dark. And they see Jesus glowing, man. The dude is glowing, and he's walking on the water, and they're screaming out, this is a spirit, you know? So they see him. It's like, man, thank you. That's what's inside of us. That light of the Lord's on the inside of us. Oh, man. That glory is on us. Mm. Thank you for making us Christian. That's what Christian means. Christ is in me. Hallelujah. Okay. And um, they thought it was a spirit, so they cry out with fear and anxiety. But straightway Jesus speaks unto them. Chill out, guys. Be of good cheer. It's me. Don't be afraid. Verse 28. Peter answers him. Oh, don't you love Peter? I like Peter because he's the one that steps out in faith, and he usually does a mistake, and the Lord has to correct him. So I don't feel so guilty when I step out and do something and then the Lord has to correct me. You know, thank God for Peter, man. This dude's always thinking. He's always wanting to be like Christ, you know. 
And so straight away, Jesus speaks and says, it's me. You know, Peter says, hey, Lord, dude, if it's you, bid me to come on the water. And what does Jesus say? Far out, man. Come, right? Come. And Peter's like, dude. And he gets out of that boat, right? And he starts, Peter starts walking on the water. One word from God. Knowing his will. One word from God. You'll step out on that word and you'll start walking, right? Now, but one thought from the enemy. Just think what one thought from the enemy can do. How it can ruin somebody's life. Because you'll see the opposite here. But dude, he's doing so good. He's walking on the water, man. Whoa, he's chilling on that water. You got to think there was some kind of cool stuff going on with him, right? Doing that little, that little chill lock. You know, George Jefferson. He used to always watch the Jeffersons, man. That little walking. You know, he's on that water, right? And, um... And then, all of a sudden, something happens, right? When he sees the wind boisterous, he started to become afraid, hesitated, and his brain starts talking to him. Dude, you can't do this. There's that brain going again. There's that thought coming, right? You can't do this. And so he begins to sink, and he cries out, saying, Lord, save me. And, of course, Jesus is right there, and he saves him. He picks him back up. They walk back into the boat, right? And Jesus says something here. And, you know, you, you really sit down and you just really begin to just meditate on this. You know, immediately Jesus stretches forth his hands. He catches him. And I can just see him in love. I, I can see this is a loving moment of Jesus. And he says, dude, man, you were doing it. But, but you started to doubt, you know. Where, where did you doubt? And it was a teaching moment for him. Don't you think Peter was up all night thinking about that? You know, all the other disciples are helping Jesus, going doing about his preaching. And, and Peter's probably just sitting there thinking about that experience, you know, because I do. Because I always go over it with the Lord, Lord, where do I miss it? And every time um, my wife and I would come back, you know, from ministering, or every time we do something, I sit back and I say, Lord, I want you to give me examination. Examine me, Lord. Tell me. Because I know there's probably more you wanted to do. And if I missed it, show me where I missed it. Where did I miss it, Lord, you know? Where could I have been better in this? And so they come to the other ship, of course. Uh, on the other side, the wind ceases, and, and Jesus does some really good things. But I just want you to stay out of doubt and fear. And we'll, we'll close up here, <clears throat> going to um, 1 John chapter 4. And we're just going to talk a little bit about cares. 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. And I'm going to go to verse 17, and I'll be reading out of the King James Version, and I'll go to verse 18. Here is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Now, I want you to key in on that. You, oh, we are righteous. <clears throat> we have identity. Pastor Justin's been preaching this. I mean, I get excited. I get, you just, the, the anointing gets into your legs. You just want to get up and run when you hear this. You know, we're not any different than Jesus, folks. We are just like him. Just like him. He was a prototype, right? Prototype's first of its kind, right? So the prototype gets tested, gets all the bugs out of it, so that the rest of it that's made after it is the exact same duplicate. We're prototypes of him, right? So as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out all fear, because fear has torment. It's going to get you to doubt the word, right? You're going to, if there's fear there, is there anxiety? If there's care there, if there's pressure there, Whatever it is, it's going to get you to start being in torment. And we were singing about that in our praise and worship. Perfectly placed song, you know. The world can't see it, but I can. 
You know, and how many times have you said something in faith and they just look at you like you're crazy? And then it happens, you know. Uh, riding out with the police one time, one of the sergeants was having a problem. He, he, had, he wanted his wife to come overseas. She was from another country. And, of course, America was having di- diplomatic problems with that nation. So what's the first thing they do? They freeze. <laughs> All the kids wanting to be adopted or anyone wanting to come over. That's usually the first thing that gets frozen when the countries start fighting with each other. And um, so she can't come over. And I just looked at him and I said, Sir, if it's, is it okay if I just pray for you on that? Could I get your permission to pray over that? And he looked at me, and I said, I just want to pray over that. Would that be all right? I, just, I wasn't pushy or anything. I, I heard him talking. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, I said, can I just pray over that? And uh, all that fear was there. As he is, so are we in this world, right? There's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. So... I went ahead and I uh, prayed for him. And I said, Lord, as a friend, you know, to show him you love him, go ahead, make it so his wife could come. Well, two weeks later, I come back. He got the biggest smile on his face. And he said, something happened. The two governments talked. And they got along for two weeks. They opened up everything. And she was able to come. And then the next week, they start arguing again. And then the wall went right back up. But... And he looked at me and he said, you know what? He said, I didn't want to say anything. Why didn't he want to say anything? Because his, the brain didn't understand. They, they couldn't understand that, right? But I know the frequency the Lord operates on. I know the frequency the Holy Spirit operates on. And man, I tell you what, when you start learning things about science, think about it. What makes fire, right? You need heat, you need something that can burn, right? And you need oxygen, right? And if you got those three things, you get fire, right? Well, think about that. If you got faith <laughs> and you don't have any doubt... And when you speak it, because you're confident, and you know the Lord's going to happen, what do you got? You're going to get that desire. The angels are going to start working. Everything's going to start to go in line to make this thing that you confess come to pass, right? Now, Philippians chapter 4. Philippians is one. Oh, man, this is just like Paul. I I thank God for Paul, too, because Paul, this dude, man, I'm telling you, he he is one of the most master teachers here. You know, uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Okay. I, every time I go out into, the, into that world, I go over this thing just about all the time. Okay. Be careful for nothing. Brain, Joseph, be careful for nothing. Okay. Look in the mirror. Joseph, be careful for nothing. You know, I speak these words of myself. Don't get anxious. Don't get fearful. Don't get huffy or puffy or anything. But in everything, by prayer, supplications, right? Petitions, right? The word of God being spoken and with thanksgiving. Psalms 511, right? Let those who put their trust in the Lord rejoice. Let them start shouting for joy, right? Praise and supplication because you, Lord, defend us, right? You put your trust in the name of Jesus and in the name of the Lord, he'll defend you. Man, you start speaking the name of Jesus, you start speaking the word of God and you say it in truth and you say it in love. And I mean, you're serious when you say it. I don't care what they think. In fact, what did Michael Jordan say when everybody starts booing him and he's standing on the foul line, you know, wanting him to miss that shot? Do you think he cares what they're saying? No, he even said it. He said the more they started jeering at me, he said the more excited I got to do it, you know. I don't really care anymore what they think. I know that the Lord's going to do what he said his word to do. I know he's going to be faithful to it, right? So if, I'm, if I trust God and know he's going to be faithful for that, what happens? The peace of God comes over you. And there'll, there'll be this peace on you. Now, here's something to think about. 
when you're in a crisis situation, okay, and there's pressure, because what's pressure going to try to do? It's going to try to get you to speak. That's what it's going to try to do. That's what the devil's doing. He's putting that squeeze on, testing your tensile strength, right? Your sheer strength, your compression strength. He's going to try to get you to speak something because you're in that exact moment. And a seed is designed to do what it's instructed to do, right? So when I speak that word, that is the critical moment right there. And I have learned over the years that when I'm in that critical moment and I'm in that critical tense situation and that pressure's on me and it's trying to get me to say something, right? I've learned that's the time right then and there. That's the moment of truth, right? That's when I draw the line in the sand. That's when I make the quality decision. And that's when I instead speak what the word says to say. One word from God can change your life, right? One word and thought from the devil spoken can change that and just start that domino effect and put everything going in that. George Mueller said one time that the beginning of anxiety is the end of faith. And that true faith is the end of anxiety. And something that you hear in the word of faith is, is smallness of faith is directly proportional to your degree of worry. And if there's something you want to get out of this tonight by you know the word focus, but also this, smallness of faith, little faith, basically comes by worry. So you'll associate worrying with small faith. So if you're having problems with small faith, it's because there's worry there somewhere. There's fear there somewhere, right? So what you need to do is just sit down with the Lord, because that's what I do. Man, Lord, something's not right. I'm missing it somewhere. You know, where is it? And the Holy Spirit will show you. He'll show you where that root is, right? Where that root to the fruit is, so you can pull that thing out, right? And once you get that thing, oh boy, you talk about shouting and praising when you get that. But it's in that critical time. Your degree of, of faith is determined by worry, right? So it's something to think of. And the Holy Spirit, okay, he wants me to go to this scripture because this really helped me. Go to Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs chapter 16. Oh, man. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your word. Verse 23. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 23. The heart of the wise teaches his mouth and adds learning to his lips. Think about that. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. A wise person, what does he do? He teaches his mouth how to speak. And that is so powerful. Think about it. Think of, and the Holy Spirit began, as I began to meditate on that, things become coming to my mind. Things that I did in life, you know, words that I had spoken, things that I had said. And the Holy Spirit said, you know, I set all these things up for you. And then out of your mouth came that. And it just caused all that, you know. And I was just like, oh, man, Lord. Yeah, I see it. You can teach your mouth what to say. You can train it what to think about that. You can train your mouth what to say. And you can teach it what to speak by what you put in you and the words that you put in on the inside of you. Man, that's powerful. That is just so powerful. So what I want to do with this, this last minute here is this Holy Spirit. I just want everybody in here to know that there have been things in life. Where do you want to be five years from now? And that's how the Holy Spirit wanted me to say it. Where do you want to be five years from now? So when you walk out of here tonight, 
I want you to think about this. Because the Holy Spirit asked me to say this to you. He said, tell them, where do you want to be five years from now? Okay, just like when I took out that little vision for 2013 going into 2014. Where do you want to be five years from now? Begin to instruct your lips. Begin to teach your lips. Begin to focus on, get that light. Get your eye on that vision, okay? And begin to speak it. The thing that excites me about this is I've got a letter here. I got a letter from the guy in the prison I talked to you about before. And I, one, he's going to come here one day and give his testimony. And if we can get him to be quiet, because he'll just keep giving that. He'll just start talking about Jesus. He found Jesus. And um, I asked him that question one day. I just said, if the Lord were to give you a promotion. Holy Spirit asked me to say that. If, he were, if the judge were to come to you today and say, you can get out. What, what's your plan? What you going to do when I let you get out? You know, and I was like, whoa, Lord. And I told the individuals, I was like, dude, man, the Lord's doing something. If he's asking me to ask that question, that's because he's got something going on, right? But he had to take medicine. And um, he didn't want to get off that medicine. He was afraid to get off that medicine. So, all right, all right, cool down, chill down. You know, it's like, where would you like to be five years from now? Can you see yourself one day off this medicine? So I met him at his faith, okay? That's where I met him. I, I met him where his faith was. So he's like, uh, I can't get off the medicine yet. But I can agree with you that one day I'll be off it, right? Thank you, Lord. Ah, I got something. Now we got faith to work with. Man, within three months, he was off that medicine. And so now he sends this letter back. And I got it highlighted in here. And he says they checked him. He says, at the end of the day, the doctors tell him, you're smiling, talking good. You're telling me all these things that your coping skills. You know what his coping skills is? The Word of God. He's using the words of Jesus. He's telling everybody in there about Jesus, right? And they said, you don't need any medicine. Okay, so now this has been like about four months now. He's been off this four or five months, and he's just been growing in this. And then he talks about now how his blood pressure is good and all this. And he, and he gives glory to Jesus on here. And I'm just thanking the Lord with you all one day that he'll get a chance to come in here and just tell his testimony because um, it's just a wonderful thing. But I just want to encourage you. Holy Spirit is really strong on me right now about this. You know, because I was praying about this. Promotion. To open doors right now. Think about this. We are the answer that the Lord wants. He wants to do something. Right? Experience, equip, engage. He wants us to go out. He wants to influence the world. Make winners in life. Right? That's what we're about here at Heritage Faith. And He wants to use you. He wants to use you all. I'm telling you, man, he wants to use you. I mean, he wants it. And he's commanded the blessing. Dude, man, when you get an order signed by a commander, yeah, yeah. you come walking in with his power and authority, right? I got his power. I got his authority. What I, you know, Yes, sir. You know, they'll do it. You know, you've got that authority. He's wanting to do something. And I'm telling you, he wants to do something. I can sense it. I can feel it. You know, from the Holy Spirit, you can just sense it. He wants to do something. Have a plan. Be ready because he wants to do something with you. So I just thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus right now. I thank you, Lord. I'm pronouncing that blessing that you said to pronounce. There has been promotion that has been decreed. There has been a blessing that has been decreed. Holy Spirit, we're going to be sensitive to your word. We're going to train our lips. We're going to train our lips. We're going to speak right words. We're going to teach our words to speak right in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Where are we going to be five years from now, Lord? Where do we want to be? What do you want? Because the Lord's given, offering us the desires of our heart in the name of Jesus. 
And he's offering us a path to get there. So in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father. I sense your flow, Holy Spirit. I sense you going out into their hearts. I sense you going out over their lives in the name of Jesus, over their family, over their finances, over their health in the name of Jesus. And I just thank you, Father, because in the name of Jesus, we are not going to worry. We are going to walk. We're just going to remove the timidity, Father. And we're just going to stand in the truth and in your love, Father, and identify with you, Jesus. I thank you for it. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.